Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Maharangi Vineyard Church Live. We are continuing with our leadership conversations, looking at over the last two weeks, this is our third week, um, just having a great conversation with um, each of the couples who have become part of the leadership team at Maharangi Vineyard. And today we have got Craig and Tammy. Um, so they are the lucky last, no pressure, um, but we've had a really, really great time. I know we've had lots of feedback from, from everyone sort of really enjoying sort of getting to know as getting to know is in this kind of um, setting, but, but just being able to hear people's hearts and getting to know them a little bit more. Um, so we just thought we'd love to introduce um, Craig and Tammy to you all. I can still remember um, three years ago at the very first um, Cafe Sunday we, in, in January when we sort of um, meet at the, the factory to kind of think about doing church again after a beautiful long summer holiday and I kind of remember thinking oh I wonder if anyone's going to turn up as, as you normally do on Cafe Sundays in January um, but this young couple pulled up and, and introduced themselves and man we have loved every minute of it since. So Craig and Tammy why don't you guys introduce yourselves and maybe tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thanks. Um, um, like you say, no pressure. Thanks, Nala and Grace and Matt and Lee for setting the bar so high, but uh, we'll give it a go. No, it's best for last. Oh. Um, yeah, so like Lyndon said, we arrived um, in New Zealand uh, at the beginning of 2019 on an adventure as a family. We lived in uh, Joburg, as you can see behind us. Um, for our whole lives and have never lived outside of South Africa and uh, yeah we embarked on a adventure to New Zealand and ended up in well it was initially Walkworth but sunny Snells Beach and yeah we just didn't know how how good it was going to be so mm -hmm. um, I'm a teacher I teach at Maharangi College and um, yeah we've got three beautiful kids um, Daniel who is five um, but he's an all black supporter so he's already like gone full kiwi <laughs> and then okay. jamie and then joshua was born in new zealand so you know he's kind of even more so so yeah that's yeah, just a little bit about kind of where we've come from and a little bit about us or me yeah. i um stay at home with our kids they keep me fairly busy um and then when i've got um the rest of the time that I use up, um, you know, on, on the team at um, Maharangi Vineyard, and I really enjoy doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much me married to a school teacher. So, not too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think very exciting. I mean, certainly um, teachers, as far as being able to do work from home, um, obviously a massive shift in schedules. And, and the question, one of the questions that we started with um, for, for the previous couples is, um, during this season of like literally everything or feeling like a lot of times everything being turned upside down, um, it's kind of nice to be able to pull back a little bit and look and say, um, what, what things have you, have you missed? Um, obviously, Craig probably misses driving down the driveway in the morning going off to, to work. <laughs> um, you know, one of those things that you've missed, but also, also, you know, in every season, whether it's a season of difficulty or whatever, there are still incredible gains along the way. Um, and so really love just to hear from you guys on what are those things that you've, you've missed and really sort of maybe even grieved for, but, but also what are those things that you've gained and would really just love to share and celebrate? 
Yeah, well, I think firstly, um, well, it's quite good to see your guys' faces, but as a school teacher teaching over online classrooms, the kids turn their cameras off and hardly ever speak. So it's quite good to know that the computer can speak back sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I think in terms of what we've missed is just um, because we are, we don't, well, when we came over to New Zealand, we, you know, we didn't have any family um, and kind of our friends in the area and a large part of like the church has kind of become our family and that's, you know, for our kids and us and our support system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think in terms of the borders having been closed for the last, you know, two years, it's been pretty hard. Um, I guess just not having family around and it's just kind of all these new friendships that we've just started developing mm -hmm. um, and then kind of seeing those, you know, being kind of shut off due to, going into a lockdown and, um, you know, so I think portion of what's been really hard or what we've missed is just, you know, that element of freedom of kind of being able to move around and, um, you know, have that support and, you know, some of those structures in place for our family and our kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's kind of put us down into this little unit of five for, for the last few months and, you know, how many ever months it was last year. Um, so yeah, we really missed some of the social elements. Um, if you know Tam, she's a bit of an extrovert and thrives on being around people. Um, so yeah, we we just missed have missed hanging out with people. But yeah, you know, level three picnic. I think we are in picnic number seven already. So <laughs> wow, that's impressive. That's very good. Yeah, we almost all picnicked out at this stage. But yeah, it's. Um, you know, I think that in terms of some of the things that we've missed is just that community and yeah. um, the people and, yeah, just, um, I guess, that support um, with having the borders closed and not having, you know, people from South Africa being able to visit us and, you know, that our grandparents or not our grandparents, the kids' grandparents, mm -hmm. like they haven't met Josh yet since he's been born. So I guess it's some of those challenges that have, um, you know, made things a little bit more uniquely difficult for us. Mm -hmm. But um, having said that, it's not all negative. Um, it has also been a season that we have gained a lot. And we've really found this season a great season of um, time to, to pray and time to, you know, ask God the big questions. And um, it's something that Craig and I really enjoyed. And it's, you know, often they're the scary questions and you're not 100% sure you really want to hear that answer. Um, but one thing that um, Craig and I have always really been quite firm on is um, asking God, like, is this where you want us? Is this where we're called to? Um, and if it's not, then show us where we need to go, you know, and that was our whole move with New Zealand anyway. Um, and we've really been firm on that. And he's come through for us every single time. Um, and it's not because we're unhappy or unsettled in Snell's Beach. We absolutely love it here. Um, the main reason was actually because um, our visas are expiring in January um, and residency has been closed. You know, we can't apply for residencies for almost two years now. Um, so I think for Craig and I, it's really been a thing of like, do we apply for another visa, go through all of that, um, the turmoil that goes with it, you know, it's not a, a super fun thing, filling out 704 forms per person. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, well, if this is where you want us, God, like make a way, you need to make closed doors, open doors, do what you need to do. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of went down that path of using this bit of lockdown to really pray into it because we knew we only had until, you know, the beginning of January next year. So um, for those of you who don't know, a little bit of our story is that um, in 2019, 
no, sorry, 2018, um, I was in hospital with um, having a baby. And um, that was April. And Craig arrived at the hospital the next day after I had her. And he said, oh, I just wanted to let you know I've applied for a job in New Zealand. And I said to him, cool. Like, what were you thinking? Um, so he's like, oh, but it probably won't come through. You know, they did say you need like, you know, paperwork and I don't have my registration and whatever. So I didn't even give it a second thought. Um, and then the day came that I was leaving the hospital and we got in the car and he was like, oh, um, they've offered me an interview for the job. So I was like, you said nothing was going to come of this thing. I've put it to bed and now here we are. Um, anyway, he had the interview and um, I think you missed the first one, eh? Yeah, there was a bit of a time. <laughs> um, so I was actually. like, well, you're really killing it. You're doing a great job. Um, and yeah, then they had the interview and um, they even joked and they said to him, you know, in your cover letter, you said this is a long shot and you went wrong. Um, but from there, you know, God just paved the way and he, you know, we got our um, visas, we got our teacher's registration um, we sold our house, we sold our cars, we sold everything we owned almost, you know, that we weren't bringing over. Um, the container got packed and we moved to a country we had never been to um, with two kids under the age of three. So, um, you know, that was a really big thing, um, but we were completely at peace with it. So many people were like, but you're not even upset that you're moving. And we were just like, well, we're just feeling really at peace with this move. Um, anyway, then we fast forward over to, you know, 2020 and, um, we realized, you know, my passport's expiring in the September of 2020. And, um, with that, my visa's expiring. So I'm getting deported and Craig's getting left with two children. So it didn't, it wasn't all that. Um, but we did obviously have to decide what we were doing and, you know, to go through Wellington felt like a bit of a thing. Um, and one evening we were on a call to my dad and my dad said, you know, are you coming over? And my cousin was getting married. And I said, no, dad, like, it's not worth coming over. Craig doesn't have leave, blah, blah, blah. And the call cut. And while we were talking, Craig was like, well, why don't you go home and just do your passport at the same time? Then everything's done before we have, I was pregnant with Josh at the, at the time. Um, so when my dad phoned back, we were like, maybe it might not be the worst idea you've ever had for me to come home. So within a couple of days, I remember phoning Angela and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I, I need to go to South Africa. And she was like, that's okay. What can we do to help? Um, and I was just like, well, can you go to South Africa for me? Um, but then my dad and mom were very upset that, you know, we weren't going to take Daniel home. And my dad was like, no, no, you're bringing the kids, you're doing it. So I ended up flying with two children and 27 weeks pregnant, um, had to get clearance from my midwife and all of that and leaving Craig in, in New Zealand wasn't the worst thing for him. Um, no, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and I flew to South Africa. The passport ended up happening. Craig's dad was amazing helping me. Um, and while I was in South Africa, the first case of COVID actually came to New Zealand and to South Africa. Um, and I remember phoning Craig and saying, I think I need to come home. Like, I don't want to get stuck here. And he was like, no, you'll be fine. Enjoy the last week there. Um, it's probably the only time in your life you're going to be able to enjoy a currency so much stronger than South Africa's. Um, so I enjoyed the currency and did a bit of shopping and whatever. Anyway, flew home. And a week later, we went into lockdown. And had we not done my passport then, it things would have looked really different. Um, and if I had been a week later, I would have still been in South Africa now. You know, Craig wouldn't have met Josh yet. Um, things like that, you know. So God's timing was just so over the whole thing. 
Um, and then we just like fast forward over to now to this lockdown when we were deciding on our visas and whatever. And we ended up, you know, deciding, okay, we're going to apply for this thing. Um, and it said that it was a 66 day um, wait time. So we were like, well, even that's kind of cutting it fine. And they probably a bit delayed with level four and all that kind of stuff. So we put it in on the 17th of September. Um, and on the 24th of September, we got an email to say we had all been approved. So it was a week. Oh, um, and oh, it just oh. so was God, like his affirmation on our, on our lives and on our move. So um, we were driving the one day and Craig was like, I'd really like to argue that God, you know, doesn't want us here. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, we feel really settled and really at ease with the fact that we've got, you know, God's backing. And I feel like we can put that hope on him or in him. Um, and you know, in those times where we're feeling discouraged, just really remember those huge moments that he he's come through for us, you know. Mm. Wonderful. Very so cool. Good. Very excited. I know we were um, praying for you guys over that time, like when mm. you put your application in for the visas, because we didn't want you to um, move. Yeah, we were worried about us, <laughs> you know, like you know, <laughs> kids workers are really hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true at all. Um, But yeah, and so to get that message from you like a week later and go, oh my gosh, the beast came through. So incredible. Um, So going back to that time when we used to meet together as a church and it feels like so long ago now for all of us. um, Is there anything like we've kind of left everyone with the challenge of really praying into this next season for Maharangi Vineyard and what God might be saying for us? Any pictures, any scriptures, any um, anything you kind of feel like God has said to you over these last eight weeks or, or more um, for us as a church that would just be really encouraging? Yeah, I think for me, like just thinking about how church is going to look and, you know, how things are changing and a little bit around the opportunity series that we did just, you know, before things mm-hmm. closed up. Um And something that I really felt that, you know, God's laid on my heart, you know, I think, you know, for quite a long time, but it's, he's kind of been funneling it through um, to this point is that, you know, um, you know, I think he's calling us or, or, or asking us, you know, to focus in on how we do community groups and how we kind of close in as, you know, not just the church on Sunday, because, you know, the community aspect of the gathering on a Sunday is important. And I think there's, you know, so much value in doing that Sunday. Mm. But I think that, you know, I think God's calling us into something deep in terms of our, you know, our commitments and our, you know, even the way that we kind of think about community groups and doing life together during the week. Um, and I think Lee kind of alluded to it, you know, it's just saying like, in terms of confessing sins to one another and, you know, I think those are the kinds of spaces where those opportunities happen and people can go deeper. Because um, I think, you know, the world, like what's happening and the things that people are going through is just like, you know, people are going through so much and there's so much turmoil and division and people are just, you know, really struggling. And I think it's too hard to cover that just on a Sunday morning, you know, mm. in and out the doors and, you know, trying to catch up a coffee or, um, you know, kids running around or whatever the, the case may be there. But our kids. Yeah, our kids. <laughs> um, but I really just feel like God's calling us to, mm. you know, look at those, the way we do community groups and the way that we kind of view it and join in, even when it's 
difficult and our schedules are tight and, you know, it's another evening of the week. Uh, but I really feel that, you know, God is calling us into that. And I just, you know, think of the New Testament and how that's how Jesus modeled it. He was busy mm-hmm. and he was, you know, out and about, but he would always retreat back to his 12 and he would kind of pour into them and they would point to each other and they'd learn together. And then they would go out and teach and be with people and kind of dig into communities. And then they would come back. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that's really stirring my heart and something that I kind of, you know, love to see God do more of. And I think, you know, he's creating opportunities as we look at how church might look over, you know, the Auckland roadmap, which I'm not quite sure I, I understand fully the roadmap, but um, it's as yeah, good as your driving. It's as good as my driving. <laughs> yeah. Your GPS navigating. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's something for me that uh, I just feel that um, God might be calling us to use effectively as a tool in the next season as, as a church. Yeah, um, I was kind of reminded of this on, on Sunday when Matt mentioned um, his trip to, where was it? Goodness, Ecuador, I think. Ecuador. Um, yeah, I've really been thinking about it quite a lot. Um, we actually did a missions trip to, um, to New Zealand, not to New Zealand, to Zimbabwe um, in 2012. Um, we weren't married yet and it was kind of also one of those spur of the moment trips and um, I think anyone who knows any history about Zimbabwe you'll know it really is not pretty Um, anyway we went along and on the one Sunday we went to this church that we were we had been doing kids work in the week with some of the you know youth and on the Sunday we went to this church and I remember walking in it was really dark and the you know the bricks were all exposed and it was really cold concrete floor and they had white plastic chairs it was nothing to look at um, and they had I think a couple of people up on the on the front you know with their guitars nothing flash nothing cool um, and they started singing a song that I'd never heard before and it was called um, God of the City um, and the words of it are um, you're the God of the city the king of these people the lord of this nation the light in the darkness the hope to the hopeless the peace to the restless um, and it was just the most moving thing, seeing people singing the song when you know what they've been through as a nation. Um, and I always kind of go back to that moment as one of my kind of, you know, when you get to a crossroads in your life is that being one of the moments that I really remember thinking, you don't have it so badly, you know, your life is pretty decent. Um, so I think in all of that, I've just really been like, my prayers, remembering these people, you know, believing wholeheartedly that God has their back and that, you know, God will pull through for them. Um, and I really would love that to be our prayer, you know, at Maharangi, just seeing God, you know, we believe 100% that God's got us and that we can be a light to this in this darkness. Um, and not just in Snell's Beach, but, you know, further aboard, the God of the city and the God of this nation. Um, and it's a huge thing to even think about. But um, in the greater scheme of things, I really think that, you know, if we if we believe in our hearts that God has this, um, it shouldn't be a really difficult thing for us to do. No, lovely. Wonderful. One of the things that we talked about, which just kind of goes on from what you've already said, but you can sort of maybe flesh out a bit more, is that sense of, um, you know, like with the um, opportunity series of like, yeah, maybe like God, you know, maybe if we do something, if we step forward, maybe God could do something extraordinary. And I've sort of asked the others as well, just that sense of, man, what is it that you'd love or dream to see God do in your lifetime? And, and you kind of are both said a little bit about it, but is there anything else that you'd just sort of look at and you think, man, 
I'd like, you know, that or I'd love to see, um, you think about your kids, like, man, with my kids, when they grow up, you know, which will happen quicker than you think. But man, I'd love, I'd love for my kids to um, be part of a church like this or live in a community like this or, or um, have opportunities like this or, or understand and know who God is like this. Um, and yeah, so just thinking about what, what that thing is or, or those things are that you just would dream about and would love to see God do in and through you. Yeah, I think for me, I was I read a book a little while ago called Faith uh, Faith for Exiles, um, and it's kind of painting this picture about you know the different levels of how kind of people do church um, in the 21st century, and um, it's kind of put together by a group called Barna Studies, and um, some of the research that they found, which I really found was fascinating, that kind of over the last few years and through the pandemic. Um, Malaysia um, was a country that kind of created or was producing these uh, resilient disciples, which is something, you know, people that kind of sit in our churches who are all in, like they, you know, kind of all in for Jesus and his mission. Um, and it's kind of not people that just sit and consume church and might be in, you know, in the building, but people that are all in for Jesus. And I think what I found really fascinating was, that Malaysia, which is a, um, you know, predominantly Muslim country, faces all of these kind of external mm. pressures and all these kind of hard, you know, they really do church hard and they've got persecution and they've got some really tough things that are happening kind of within them doing church, yet mm. they they producing, you know, more resilient disciples <laughs> than what's you know, we're seeing in some of the, you know, the rest of the world and kind of in New Zealand. And I think it kind of made me think that if we get too comfortable um, with doing church and we get too comfortable in our lifestyles and we kind of kind of live in our in our bubbles and retreat in when life gets hard, um, that it's, we don't feel those pressures. And then I think we kind of almost begin to put God in a box where, mm -hmm where he can't do some of the things that he wants to do. And I think it just reminds me that, yeah, we're going through some difficult times now. And I think people are asking more and more questions and there's more and more difficulties facing, yeah. you know, our church and the church in New Zealand. Um, yet that's where God does some of his best work and like reading through some of the old Testament and, you know, even the new Testament, the church of Acts, like they went through some hard times and they were persecuted, but, but that's where God was. And he kind of reproduced and he, you know, he multiplied and multiplied and multiplied yeah. to the church that's kind of stood every test of time, you know, you know, here we sit, you know, thousands of years later and we still get to enjoy Jesus and his bride, mm -hmm. the church. And I, I think for me, it's like, man, things are hard now. And like, you know, it feels like some of the walls are closing in and, in, you know maybe not as comfortable as what church would have always been like um maybe in new zealand but it feels like that's where god might be stirring something where he wants to do some of the work that only god can do mm -hmm. and i think that really excites me because i'm like oh, yeah it's hard but man we serve a really big god um, and one that will not be put in a box and i think for me i'm just like yeah, that's my desire for the church is that, yeah, the hard times are going to come and it's going to get more difficult and people are going to be more divided. But 
you know, we're going to be that church that uses this as a kind of stirring to, to love the lost and to, you know, look out for the poor and look after the widows and, you know, be the love and light that Jesus was when he, mm. when he walked on this earth. So, yeah, you know, I think although things look hard and a bit bleak, um, it, it is something that excites me because I know that we serve a really big God that, you know, loves to use every opportunity, um, you know, for his glory and for his kingdom. Mm. Mm. I just, I just got called out by my husband, you know, because I was just about to say, this is a really huge ask, you know, and it's, you know, a big thing to even say. And there I was just popping God right into that box. So um, thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, like my big, big prayer at the moment, and I mean, I know it's huge, but like, especially for our next generation and the generations to come, is just to see a world with or country or place with no division and you know no judgment and just graceful and loveful and um you know have the world designed how god made us to be you know this constant division and stuff it's so hard i think men- like mentally people have taken a huge knock um you know because you're on edge every time you try and talk about anything um because you're so nervous about where people are and what their opinions are um but just to see that world of like love before hate and thinking before speaking and listening before speaking all those kind of things would just be so incredible um and i was so reminded of a verse in corinthians um it's 1 corinthians 7 17 um and it says nevertheless each person each person should live as a believer in any situation um the lord has assigned to them just as god has called them um, and I just feel like this is such a great thing to to remember in our daily lives. Like, let's just be, let's act how God would be proud of us. You know, like, let's make him proud in every situation. Um, and I know, I mean, pride is one thing, but like God, God can be proud of us. Um, but, you know, just like, let's, let's just be an example to the world and let's just be the change, you know, in, in everyone's mindsets at the moment. So if we're, if we're the ones to listen, maybe it'll encourage others, you know, in that moment to not be quick with their tongue and actually just slow down and listen, you know. Wonderful. Very cool. That's really good. That's kind of, we walked this morning and, um, just had very similar conversations, especially around that, this whole thing of we are in a really new season of the church. We've never been, mm-hmm. well, we were this way before for a little bit of last year, but this feels slightly different now. Um, but Lennon was just, because I was a bit down this morning, um, but Lennon was just saying, you know, look at look at the Church of Acts. They, they just thrived and mm-hmm. kind of gave me hope again. Mm-hmm. And all of those things you see, Tammy, love it all because I, have lots of those same conversations in my head about you know wanting to represent Jesus as well so mm-hmm. yeah. I absolutely love that we you know we love you guys and have loved kind of taking you into our family a little bit a few Christmases now um yeah and we would love it if you would just end today by praying a blessing over us as a church and yeah, any last words you might want to add, but if not, just, you just really pray for us in this season um, and whatever is to come that we don't know yet. Mm. Yeah, I think um, just kind of my daily verse that I have to remind myself of um, sometimes more than just daily. And I find it really encouraging 
um, and I hope it would be encouraging, you know, for you too. And it is a really well-known verse. Um, it's from Joshua 1 verse 9. And it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, and I think, you know, my little catchphrase that I came up with um, is, in the season, I really hope that you feel less burdened by things of this world, but more encouraged by the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of live that through your daily life of forgetting the burdens and remembering the love. Love that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and my prayer kind of was, stems out of um, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 5. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lewis, and your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure it dwells in you as well, um, which I think is just paying such a good picture of the generations that sit mm-hmm. in our church at Maharangi Vineyard and how, you know, we pass this thing on over time. And, um, you know, so just kind of that passing down. And then it goes on to say, for this reason, I'm reminded you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on the laying on of my hands for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to pray and that's kind of be the, the basis of my prayer, but I just think it's so good. Father God, I just thank you so much for our church. I just thank you so much for our community, Maharangi Vineyard, Father God. And um, yeah, we're just so grateful for, for our, our leaders and and mm. Lyndon and Angela and just the way that they have have led us so well um, during what's been a really difficult two years for the God and you know I'm just so so grateful and I just pray that that we would be a people um, not with a spirit of fear but that you would give us a spirit of power and love and self control Lord mm. um, they're just such strong images of of what it looks like to live a life fueled by you, Father God. And mm. um, during these times where, where things are difficult and look different, um, let us not recluse back and go back into, you know, our bubbles or our boxes out of a spirit of fear, Father God. But we pray mm. uh, for the church and for your people and for every, you know, every person that calls Maharangi Vineyard home and those that are, are just listening in, um, just that you would, you would give us your spirit of love and self-control um, and just that, yeah, we would be a church that uses this season of pressure um, that you would use it for us to, to, to use that to kind of mine a diamond Father God, mm-hmm. that you would um, help us to create something so beautiful uh, within our church and within our congregation um, that us, you know, people would come back and unbelievers would come to know you and, people would be fed and felt, you know, just feel your love for them during this time, Father God. So, yeah, really just lift up our church and our community. And as we kind of edge a little bit further and hopefully a little bit closer to being back together, Father God, that you would just help us to, to stay um, connected to you, Father God. Amen. Well, thank you very much, guys. Lovely, lovely time to chat. And and so um, we just want to do end this morning as we as we normally do, just saying that if you'd love someone to stand with you and pray, please know there are there are heaps of us who would love to do that. 
Um, so, so if you're struggling, know that you're not alone, um, but also know that there are people here that would love to um, stand with you, pray with you, um, and just, just to know that you're, you are with people who love you. And just because we're in a lockdown doesn't mean we can't embrace community and all the beauty and joy and hope that, that it includes. So hopefully you've had a wonderful, encouraging time listening to these guys. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.